Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Just coming up to 10 o'clock, 9.56 here with uh, Steve McDonald, Nick Jeans, and uh, our good friend and close ally. My goodness, we are too, look. Mitch Schultz, <laughs> we are too. We all are. Is in the studio. Yeah. So we're talking our way through the foundational value systems today, one, two, and three, in the pre-rational zone, the oldest human value systems and the oldest ways of being human that we're aware of. Mm. And uh, we just spoke about survival. And uh, interestingly, the link between our transition into second-tier consciousness, this massive shift in human consciousness, which is already underway and in its very early stages, which uh, is underpinned by survival. So in a, a repeating theme that comes from the survival issues at hunter-gatherer when we first became human, and then uh, the emerging theme, which is around survival of our species and how that is, is uh, a, a subject of great fear and growing fear on the planet at the moment. And that is a sign, a signal that this transition into second tier is well uh, on its way, even though it's a, it's a relatively small percentage of people at this stage. But one of the things about us um, moving into and, and uh, living according to these second tier values is uh, letting go of fear and letting go of our fear of not surviving. Mm. And part of that is our emerging multidimensional awareness and uh, uh, you know, moving to a place where we where we not just accept, but we're fully confident in the fact that we are multi-dimensional beings and death is not actually what we think it is and therefore it's not something to be feared. Uh, and that's, uh, that's part of how we're changing as humans and letting go of that fear as we move into second tier, of course, radically changes human behavior mm. because so much of what we do and have done right through this first tier of existence has been driven by fear in, in, you know, in mm. some way, some kind of fear. And of course, it's being used grossly, literally grossly on the planet in so many, so many political ways, fear to generate um, compliance one way or the other. Abs- it's an Driving absolute force. It's a go-to. Yeah. And, it, and it's, the reason it is a go-to like that is because it's such a powerful thing for us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the second layer of uh, value systems, the second layer of consciousness is original tribal existence, uh, animistic spirituality, and it is our foundation, foundational way of being communal. So the very first time that we came together and lived in communities. And uh, as we go through this big shift that we're in right now from modern to postmodern or relativistic, we're moving from the individually oriented modern world into a new version of being communal, which is the sixth layer. And the natural tendency when we go through a, transition, a transformation like this is uh, we, we find ourselves a little lost 
because we let where we realize those old values don't work anymore we need to let go of those so they've been like our anchor points for just making sense of reality and we know that we've got to move and we start to let go of those anchor points but then we find ourselves drifting in the space in between and we're not quite sure what the next value set is going to look like it's 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 under construction and so the natural thing for us to do is to look backwards in in time mm. and we we go on a regressive search and we look back to our previous ways of being communal mm. and they are of course the the original tribal existence which uh, we've seen a, an enormous um increase in interest you know around that yeah. particular topic in recent years and, and also uh, the the fourth value system, which was the agricultural way of being communal, and that's what gave rise to our kind of black and white, rigid authoritarian thinking. Mm. We're seeing a big rise in that at the moment as Are well. Are you with us or against us thinking? I, exactly. Mm. So we're seeing a, a sort of uh, an increase of interest in and in an emergence of uh, these older value sets right now, and that's a, that's to be expected. It's a bit predict, you know, it's quite predictable for a, a transition like this that that would happen, and that explains the the kind of extreme fundamentalist behavior that we're seeing in politics mm. uh, and also the great interest in rediscovering and uh, and nurturing original tribal ways. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. and rediscovery yeah. of indigenous um, everything plus the sort of new tribalism which is represented by many of the, the festivals and, of course, the psychedelic revolution which we talk about quite often in this, on this show. Very much so, and, and just the uh, the amount of people going down to the Amazon and yeah. reconnecting with the tribal aspects mm. there and the medicines, mm. um, and then pulling that back into this modern state of Burning Man and different festivals that are playing out. This is why I've always loved what you guys are doing here, uh, is putting this context around this, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, so to speak, but uh, very excited about the... Uh, development and uh, starting to uh, start putting together a documentary series on what you guys are doing here because this this is the kind of stuff um, it's that it's the retelling of these stories mm. in a more complex way it right? is, it is oh, that's a great way of putting it yeah, yeah I love uh, that don't you worry about jumping the gun we have a no gun policy <laughs> in the no gun here. policy here just, just no gun policy in Byron Bay in fact hopefully yeah yeah, absolutely. Going back home, I have to start getting ready. You know, <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> yeah. yeah, and it also speaks to the power of these foundational layers on the, the value spiral. When we look at things like uh, the, the regressive search back to and the rediscovery of plant medicines mm -hmm. and altered state work around those plant medicines mm -hmm. and the absolutely profound impact that that has had globally, which is mostly unseen because a lot of it's happening underground, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we've seen just um, a few days ago on Saturday an article in the ABC, and there's many of them about one aspect of the new psychological revolution, the medicines or another. And there's a piece in the ABC on Saturday about Amanda Fielding, who you guys uh, know quite well or know of quite well. I think you probably even know her personally, we've met her. Yeah, yes. she was at uh, yes. Plant Medicine Conference that Mitch and I went yes. to in London in 2017, yeah. Uh, who's, uh, you know, been, she's about 76 and she's yeah. sort of the, the, the dame or the doyen of, uh, of the psychedelic uh, society, so to speak, in, in, in a lot England. Of stuff forward. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing that these things, and I'm sure all of you out there, even if you're not that interested yet or whatever in this field, you would have no doubt seen stories about the psychedelic revolution here and there and everywhere, including, of course, cannabis and uh, medicinal cannabis. A new movie coming out this week, I should mention just now, called yeah. Green Light, which is uh, showing at the, at, uh, across the road at the Palace Cinemas uh, from Thursday night. I do believe that's the opening night there. That's a good little film. We've seen that. That's an Australian documentary. Australian documentary. About, on uh, medical cannabis? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. You guys are doing some great work. Yeah. yeah. So all of that is uh, is reaching into the the zeitgeist, isn't it? In in quite a powerful way. I mean, if you're not, as I said, even if you're not particularly interested in it, it's there. It's present. You don't have to do much searching to find articles in the Guardian, the New York Times, all over the place, all over the world. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I found out this week that uh, my appointment to go and speak to the Governor General of Australia has been confirmed for the 19th of November, and I'll be talking to him about psychedelic medicines. So, because you, because he was in the military with you, he was a... Yeah. That's right. They say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, well. uh, and, and of course, uh, General David Hurley mm. was my commanding officer when I uh, served on the humanitarian mission in Somalia and Africa back in 1993, that was. So this is big stuff because uh, you you approached him because you do know him as a, your commanding well, officer. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I was a direct report to him, so he was my boss mm. uh, and we had a lot of contact. In fact, he sent me to Somalia. Uh, I was the first person to go from our infantry battalion. He chose me to, to go over and sort of make preparations for the rest of the arrival of everybody else so um, you know him and I were well, I was talking to him by satellite phone from mm. Africa and trying to let him know what was going on there as best you can over a satellite phone <laughs> uh, and, and then you know I've, I've had contact with him at reunions over the years and I have been talking to him periodically about uh, research into things like MDMA therapy to treat PTSD and he has expressed a, a genuine interest in the past in fact at one reunion uh, which which would have been uh, probably maybe 23 13, I think. Uh, I had a chat to him about that, and uh, he was about to uh, go over to speak to the US military. Uh, he was a general in the army at the time, and, and he said to me, okay, well, I'll talk to the Americans about this when I go over, and when he got to the Pentagon, he did have a chat to them about it, and uh, to his credit, you know, and they, the, the American, American military said, look, at the research is a, it's a bit early at, at the moment for us to do anything about it, but we're monitoring it, mm. so that was good. And it, so it's been an ongoing discussion that I've yeah. been having with him. So you have an audience in, a, in next month, which is fantastic, with him to talk about this area of research. And as we've talked about on this show, and you know well, of course, Mitch, too, in the US, MDMA in particular, we just mentioned there, for PTSD in particular, is at uh, stage three with F4 FDA approval, which means it's likely to be legal for that kind of um, monitored and properly uh, administered um, application for as PTSD within uh, a year or two. 2021. 2021. That's what they're looking yeah. at. Yep. And, and of course, that, that military story, you know, it sort of ties back into mm. the tribal foundations because you do get that tribal kind of thing in the army. It's, you know, it's like a family. Mm. You know, this, this second layer, the tribal layer relates to also at an individual individual level family life and being, you know, part of a, mm. of a closely relating unit. And that's uh, a very strong theme in, in military service. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the, the army mafia uh, out there. And it, it's a thing, you know, there are. It's a, a thing. A, but it, it's, it's like any organization, you know, significant organization that people identify strongly with. You all, you, you kind of carry that connection on into, into life. And you can always kind of ring up an old uh, tribal uh, friend from, from previous organizations and, and get a favor done or something often. Well, it's one of the fascinating things about the idea of the tribal is that it's not the traditional indigenous solely, right? So we're looking mm. at the military, we're looking at the mm. mafia, That's the right. family, this new Netflix documentary, uh, yes. sports teams. Yeah. Um, so the, the complexity Absolutely. of how we understand tribal is completely... Yeah beyond what most people would think of it. So. That's right. And this is a very important aspect of, of mm. what we talk about on this show and on this podcast is that these are value systems that don't necessarily relate to any particular time in history, although we can trace back their origins. Uh, they are ever-present and they play themselves out in, in modern times and modern contexts. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. You are tuned to Future Sense. The time is 10.07 here. And uh, as we say, you could text in on 043734 say hello and bring attention to anything that you wish uh, and contribute to the conversation. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate and spiral up. 10.13 here on Future Sense on your local 
community radio station Bay FM and this show podcast also all around the world and thanks for listening for you guys out there and you can actually listen to us live at bayfm.org also anywhere in the world and probably you are listening somewhere out there I think we the podcast goes to some uh, 50 countries now I think we're heard in well, it, the, the uh, stats that we get only cover 50 countries, so it's probably more than 50 countries. Right, there you go. Yeah, we're getting out there. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking particularly about tribalism at the moment, and we've got a fair bit to unpack there because there's so yeah, much there's to it. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, these, uh, we're, so we're talking this morning about the, the three oldest value systems that humanity has, the survival, hunter-gatherer values, uh, original tribal values or family values, and then power-oriented, egocentric uh, behavior and values. And we're, we're looking at tribal and at this time where humanity is going through a big shift of values from the modern scientific industrial era into what's next, a regressive search is part of the transition process. We, when we let go of the, the values we have been living by, we need to find a new set of values. And often, usually, what we do is we look back to previous sets of values which might be useful and so tribal is the oldest way that we have of being communal and we're moving into a new communal system now and uh, the original tribal ways of living are informing our change and how we might shape our new communal values as we move forward Uh, and uh, this is showing up in so many different parts of society we started to talk uh, before the break about some of the examples like the, the psychedelic renaissance and people revisiting tribal communities in South America, mm. drink ayahuasca and that kind of thing. Uh, we're, we're seeing it in art uh, and, and other cultural things where um, uh, people are getting themselves tattooed, like Mitch Schultz here. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, part of my tribe. Um, you mm. know. That was, uh, when, when did you have your first tattoo? My first tattoo, I was, I think I was 17. I thought you were going to uh, say seven then. Yeah. That was a bit worrying. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was not happy. No. Um, and uh, just recently started being able to talk about that. But so yeah, that, that, that family tribe was not happy about the other yeah, tribe that yeah, I was right. getting into. That old story <laughs> I heard about you being tattooed with a mark of the beast uh, just after you were born, that's not true. That's, right? that's right. not. That is uh, it's fake news, as they say. <laughs> okay, right. my, my youngest son, Jacob, uh, says, don't get a tattoo, Dad, because when you get old, which I kind of am already, it's going to be all saggy. All the, you know, it's going to go like this. And he had me convinced for a few years. Dad, tuck your tattoo in, will you? <laughs> And of course, uh, the the family way of living and that family way of relating that comes with this tribal value set, the second layer of of, uh, human values, is very evident in society and particularly in modern society because there's this shadow relationship between the modern layer five values, which are very success oriented and they're the values that have created the modern world uh, and given us corporate structures and, and modern science and all those sorts of things. There is a tendency within there, which is it's often unacknowledged and often subconscious, to sort of band together in little tribes with our organisations, yeah. and uh, that that's becoming more evident because as we um, improve our communication technology and we've got transparency like we've never had before into organisations and things, we're discovering all these little tribes within the organisations, like often called factions or sects. Or well, and which stories are going to resonate with my family, right? Uh, which stories are going to, uh, which stories can I relate with the next person, the person next to me that's going to understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. And, Exactly, exactly. And we, we watched a documentary recently called The Family, didn't we, Nick? We did, which you can get on Netflix. Um, it's a, a journalist, Jeff Charlotte, details his days living at Ivanwald, which is a, 
uh, a centre, a home, uh, to men's residents, only men, where he discovers the family's allegiance to Jesus and to power. And it's a very compelling documentary, several parts to it. And, um, yeah, re recommend it. We all watch it, isn't it? It's quite, in a sense, quite troubling that uh, such a powerful uh, Christian-led and particularly focus on, on Jesus being absolute king and the last word and the, you know, the power and the, the power behind um, much of the politicians in the U.S. and other countries in a very complex and very quite troubling way, really. Yeah, so we saw within that documentary, it was a great example of this second mm, layer uh, tribal value set, but also the third layer power-oriented value yeah. set coming out as well, and in a very, uh, as you would expect, a pretty rational way. So the, this was uh, a religious context, right? So it was a, it's a, a Christian organisation, the family, yeah. uh, a Christian association. Yeah. And they were throwing out uh, the vast majority of written scripture, and, and they were they were essentially saying not well, just the Old Testament, but all of the New Testament, yes. except for what four books? Essentially, that, that's yeah. right. And, yeah. and you hear people say in this movie, uh, it's okay if you sin and break the rules because you're one of the chosen people. And you in can, fact, you can do anything, anything. In, under that under that uh, that protection, so to speak, of Jesus, that your allegiance to Jesus. Yeah. very troubling. Yeah. So this is a, a classic display of these pre-rational mm -hmm. value sets mm -hmm. in the modern day. And, uh, and this, the story told in this documentary is that this organization has been considerably um, influential, through, particularly in American and international politics, right? Yeah, right. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's quite troubling. I've just, and uh, you, you mentioned the, the, uh, the truncation, so to speak, of the, of the Bible or the sacred texts, and the, the man whose name uh, controls the family just recently died a couple of years ago, Doug Coe, C-O-E. Check him out. Fascinating and almost invisible character, but obviously clearly extremely powerful in American politics and American everything. Uh, but he made a, a book, a little black book uh, of those four books or whatever it is, which is just entitled Jesus. And that's the only thing that they have to have allegiance to is that what's in that book. Very Forget the rest of it. Book too, it's a very, very small short, book. Very, very short. short yeah. yeah. Well, Makes I it easy. see that even as a, as a way to control the narrative or not control yeah. the narrative, but to, to, to find a new story, right? And the, you know, what, what was working and what can we use now that still will fit mm. with this modern paradigm? And it's just kind of that reconstitution of what those value sets are and how they're redistributed, so to speak. It's also interesting, though, because it's such a simplification though, of the narrative, you could argue, you know, against the, the sort of the, the Bible story or the, the Torah and all that, the, the, the Judaic religion, religions, Judeo-Christian religions, and the, the, you know, very substantial texts, whether you like them or not, they're substantial texts. And what's come down to in, 20, in the 21st century uh, for this group of very powerful people is a tiny little book. That's their narrative. Yeah. That's all they need. And, and the opening for that has come from the fact that the modern era really destroyed the nuclear family, mm -hmm. when you think about that, because the, all of the individually oriented eras, so we're talking three, uh, which is the, the egocentric power oriented mm -hmm. uh, value set, five, the modern, uh, they, 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 I guess, uh, stretch, uh, exploit, adapt, even discard the ethical frameworks which are constructed in the communal systems so we had our, our first ethical framework would have come in the tribal system the second one in the agricultural era uh, and so out of that agricultural era we, we saw class-based societies we saw very strict rigid mm. arrangements around marriage and, and uh, relating with people yeah. uh, and, you know even to the point where you would, would only relate with people in your social class and you couldn't actually go outside that yeah. 
Uh, and then in the modern era, the the role really of these modern of these individual oriented systems is to bust out of that and make room for something new. And in the process, we have really uh, moved away from the family structure. And, and you know, I don't think everybody would acknowledge that the the old tradition of marriage ain't what it used to be. Well, the average marriage in Australia, I think, is now about 11 or 12 years. And when I grew up, it would have been 25 plus, 30, 40, a, whole, a lifetime. Yeah. It's now down to about 11, 12, probably the same in the States, I would imagine. And this, that dismantling of the family structure, of course, has left an opening for somebody to step into. And this is why organisations like the family are able to do this, yeah. is, that, is they actually offer people what's missing, right. which is this feeling of being part of a close-knit mm. family-type organisation, you know, and, uh, and all the... the um, advantages and, and nice experiences that can come from that. Hmm. Uh, except this is, you know, this is all, all also involving the third layer, the power-oriented, exploitative, egocentric. So it's done in a manipulative way. And, and so it's also about money. These big churches, like the Pentecostal churches, the fundamentalist churches, and these, and the family is, you know, could be aligned pretty much to that. That's a fundamentalist uh, expression of Christian religion. That these, uh, these, uh, they're actually quite. Um, uh, uh, celebratory about success, about money. Because like, if you don't have money, it's your problem. It's like Jesus didn't give it to you. I mean, I'm sort of simplifying a lot here, but really it's it's that it's given that uh, that stamp. And I think that's true of things like Hillsong, which you know our Prime Minister currently is, is somewhat involved in. So it's a fascinating thing that these connections are being made and that, that in terms of money and, I guess, Layer 5, you could say what's been dominant for the last couple of hundred years, that paradigm... Um, the materialistic paradigm, simply simply put, is is sort of imprinted onto these tribal layers, onto these groups and these families. It's okay, and in fact, if you do have money, it's God given. If you don't, too bad. Yeah. So therefore, there's not much uh, there's not much compassion there really. And they can claim compassion, but if you're not part of the part of the crew, part of the team, part of the family, you you don't benefit from that compassion. No, that's, that's right. Mm. And if we look at all of these value systems, we'll find that as you you move from the foundational ones through greater complexity our our scope of interest our capacity to uh, sense in, uh, other people's feelings and all of those sorts of things they they grow yeah. consistently as we move through to the, the more complex layers and so yeah. at these foundational layers um, they, they certainly are present but they're present in very raw and limited forms and and it's just it always fascinates to see it fascinates me to see examples of people uh, in the current day you know, who've grown up in modern society and yet they're living very much guided by these mm. foundational, uh, limited in many ways in, in today's complex world, mm. value systems. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, that's what I'm most interested by, and we were talking about Netflix, but yes. looking at the diversity of the, the narratives on Netflix and, and trying to rediscover what some of our our archetypes and our heroes and our and our mythologies are uh, because the the simplicity or the the simpler aspects of some of our original narratives are no longer working uh, and so there's this exploration I see out there trying to find this next level of complexity to say well how can we understand a, a family value system in a modern world yeah, yeah uh, exactly and going out so. yeah very very interesting yeah very good take another break here on future sense it's 10:25 here for all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. You are tuned to Bay FM 99.9. 
yes, you are. It's 10.31 here on Future Sense. And uh, with myself, Nick Jean, Steve McDonald, and our special guest, the Texan elf, Mitch Schultz, who's about to fly free from this uh, this <laughs> magnificent country again. But he'll be back very soon. Very soon. That's right. He's heading off to the airport later yeah. today. And uh, we're talking our way through the, the oldest foundational value systems that humanity has, our basic survival values, our tribal, original tribal values, and our power-oriented values. And just before we finish up on the tribal stuff and move on to the to third layer, uh, I wanted to point out that in these communal systems and tribal, the original tribal layer two being the first communal system that humanity developed, there is a boundary and that is particularly noticeable at this oldest version of tribalism. You know, if you you are not one of the tribe, then mm. uh, you are excluded from certain things. Yeah. And and in extreme cases, and this is not all that uncommon in original, you know, old uh, the oldest tribal societies, is that if you weren't part of the tribe, you weren't even regarded as being fully human. Mm. And, and yeah. so, you know, you could be readily killed uh, without the kind of concern that you would have, for, you know, if you killed somebody of your own tribe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and of course, we see this play out in the modern day uh, the tribalism that comes with the, the modern era, you know, where people who you're either one of the in crowd or you're not. And if you're not one of the in crowd, then there's a whole bunch of things that you can't be eligible for. Yeah. Or you may just be eliminated. I'm thinking, as you speak, of uh, of uh, Khashoggi, who was eliminated by mm. the Saudis in some way or other, which we don't really know. It seems to have disappeared. And not part of the not part of the team anymore. Yeah, not part of the crew. Not part of the tribe. Apparently, well, how that might be playing out with uh, mm. quote unquote civil war mentality back in the United States, um, and the president and others talking about this new impeachment and and what the the tribal boundaries are being set. I feel at this point they're being drawn and uh, yeah. It, it's alarming to, to watch that unfold, um, seeing tribalism play out in a different level. But uh, yeah, you picked up something here. in the media today. I think about that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Just that uh, you know that level of tribalism is still very much a part mm. of our DNA, and is and is uh, playing out a new level of complexity uh, in modern day politics and uh, with uh, people right next door to you. Yeah, well, well, Trump has literally tweeted, hasn't he? I think overnight yes. in the last day or so that uh, should the impeachment continue, the impeachment process continue, that it's like a Cause a civil war. Cause a civil war. That's a, a broad that's something that yeah. no U.S. president has ever said. I'm sure that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The original American Civil War, of course, was essentially a war between the the fourth and fifth layer value sets. The fourth being the, the second iteration of uh, communal ways of being human, uh, and the, it had its own boundaries. But the boundaries, whereas in the original tribal layer two, the boundaries are very much around the the tribe. Uh, you know, your local extended family it's really physical yeah. physical boundaries in a sense in a way yeah at uh, at layer four which was uh, evident in the agricultural era mm. the boundary was around your ethnic group or your uh, associated belief system people within your belief system which could be your religion you know like if you're a fellow muslim for example then you're part of you're inside the boundary yeah. but if you're not a muslim you're outside the boundary mm. so you can see the same dynamics the same kind of themes just playing out but at a more complex level and on a larger scale yeah. and uh and that uh conflict the American Civil War was really between people who had emerged into layer five and were seeing life from a, a more modern perspective uh, part of which was that they didn't see that the use of slavery was right mm -hmm. and then the the layer four folks were still in that ethnocentric kind of place where slavery was quite acceptable to that set of values interesting stuff and the, the other uh, interesting extension of this layer two tribal way of being human is looking at its uh, 
harmonic kind of echo in the second tier, which is layer eight, which was the most complex system that Graves found in his field research. And he only had six people who showed up there, so he really didn't capture a lot of data on it. But what we're looking at here is uh, is a, a second tier iteration of original tribalism that will be at a global level. So we're talking about recognition, acceptance, and living out as fact. Uh, all humans being part of one tribe which belongs to planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And the, the really interesting thing about that is that if you look back to this layer two original tribalism, you know, the tribe was almost um, defined by by other tribes, you know, like a, right. you could only really recognize yourself as a tribal subset uh, within, you know, a collection of tribes. And so if you then extend that to global existence as the the human tribe on planet earth there's an implication there that there must be other tribes right and there's the galactic community right exactly exactly so there's you know there's there's a really a, a strong suggestion there that by the time that we see this layer eight value set play out uh, at a global level we ought to be in contact with other tribes outside planet earth right Oh, that sounds exciting. And, and of course, that me. egocentric layer look like? Because there wasn't any data with Graves' research into what would be nine, I would assume, layer nine. Layer but, nine, But yeah. hooking out into this new individual focus and getting off planet. Yeah, to, exactly. To it, it certainly implies those themes. And we'll talk uh, in a bit of detail mm. about that egocentric stuff in a minute before we finish the show. But uh, it, it's very interesting. And, and you know, I, I'm speaking from a kind of a, a mainstream representative perspective here, but there are plenty of people on the planet right now who, who claim to be... Uh, in contact with extraterrestrial yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Well, you found a piece, as, uh, we were talking earlier this morning, about um, who was that who had recently come out in the U.S. government uh, and started to say that what will be revealed will surprise you or something to that effect about, oh, yeah. about extraterrestrial. NASA, NASA scientists. NASA yeah. scientists. Yeah. Yeah. And it, was, it was kind yeah, of double-speak right. for you. saying we've already found it, but, yeah, uh, but we'll not. let you know soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. This was an article talking about uh, life on Mars, and I think it was oh, sort yeah. of indicating, you know, microscopic life or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but, yeah, the, yeah. but the way it was announced by NASA was basically, if you read between the lines, it was, okay, we've already found this, but we haven't announced it yet, but you ought to get ready for the announcement. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a text here, which is relevant to our, uh, our talking about tribalism. Don't you think the more evolved we become, the less we should be concerned about our ancestry? After all, aren't we all one? From the same source. Thanks from Trace, and that's Trace from Tasmania who listens regularly. Hello, Trace. Thanks for thanks for listening. Good text. Yeah, that's a really good point, Trace. Mm. Uh, thanks for that. And uh, as we evolve, you know, it's more about uh, transcending and including rather than rejecting. So it's not so much that we're going to reject uh, and and not look at our ancestry, but we're going to recognise that okay, we all have a common ancestry, uh, and uh, you know, it's 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 everything and. Yeah, well, that was one of the yeah. things about the uh, Pink Floyd or the the Roger Waters piece last night, yeah. and the and the combativeness of the pigs. Um, Very classic pushing, yeah. pushing. We have to understand that we're all humans, and as much as we may not like or align with other people's mm. value sets um, they still are very much a part of humanity mm. yeah. well as he says uh, Roger Waters at the end and um, he says well, it's not us and them it's just we are all us it's just in us a sense. but yeah. that's a yeah, it's very interesting, and as I was saying, you know, each one of these communal systems has a boundary around it, but the boundary becomes wider, you know, it becomes more inclusive as we go up the spiral. And mm -hmm. so, so at layer four, uh, you know, it might be everybody from my belief system, which could be people all over the world who are seen as part of the in crowd, and then at layer six, 
which is the emerging relativistic humanistic layer, what we see is we see people talking as if all of humanity is included, but if you listen carefully to what they're saying, there's always an other. You know, it's like everybody should be loved and everybody, you know, should be included. Everybody should have access to everything. Except for. Uh, and we've got to really fight against these pigs. <laughs> so it's quite paradoxical. In the, or, uh, in the Orwellian sense, uh, obviously, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Roger Waters and us and them is all about uh, you know, reflective of uh, George Orwell's yeah. animal farm. That's right, exactly, yeah. yeah. So let's get on to uh, egocentric and talk about ourselves, shall we? <laughs> uh, before we uh, before we have to wrap the show up, so the third layer in this pre-rational zone is the egocentric layer. It's uh, it was it was called egocentric by Claire Graves, and uh, it's very much about personal freedom. So it's as as we evolve up through these layers, each next layer is a response to the problems created by the previous layer, and uh, so egocentric is all about busting out of the restrictions and limitations that are placed on us in mm. a tribal setting. Mm. Uh, you know where there are customs and taboos and all those sorts of things. There's a kind of a, f- a fixed hierarchy that we can't do much about, uh, and uh, the the classic story to describe historically the emergence of this egocentric third layer is the the young man who grows up and starts to believe that he's smarter and stronger than the chief who's in charge of the tribe, and yeah. so he uses his own personal power to take over basically yes Uh, and then uh, to break out of the tribal boundaries and uh, as these individual systems do they kind of stretch extend adapt dismantle the ethical frameworks that Mm. we create in the communal system Mm. so so uh, think of historically you know an extreme case Genghis Khan uh, and uh, the the movie Mongol gives a, a wonderful depiction of him growing up in a very traditional tribal society that is continually being raided by these layer three power oriented folks who are just using power to take what they want and do what they want, and then he he decides to fight back, and so he becomes one of these uh, raiders yeah. and, and then conquers most of the yeah. known world yeah. uh, as a result. And of course, we're seeing now uh, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, uh, displaying very much this this layer in his behaviour. I, I would suggest. Would you Would you agree with that? From time to time, yeah, I wouldn't say that he was dominated by it. I'd say a lot of the time he's operating out of the fourth layer uh, where he has his own very, very clear ideas of what's right and what's not right. Uh, and he does actually, believe it or not, display some discipline in sticking to what he think, thinks is right around that. But he, he does from time to time fall back into the third layer and you hear him say things like, well, I'm the president and I can do whatever I mm. want. Yeah. And also the, the descriptions of the uh, of the systems, um, spontaneous and colourful, would certainly apply to him, and you know, express the self impulsively and forgetting others. I think. Yeah. So there's clearly those moments where he slips back into that. Yeah, and uh, you know it gets a, a bad rap this third layer because right. of its power orientation and its tendency to to do what it wants regardless of how mm. it impacts other people. But it also uh, it's about any aspect of personal freedom which is expressed in the moment, you know, and that can be uh, pleasurable behavior, it can be fun, spontaneous behavior. It, it actually, this particular value set, in, informs a lot of the comedy uh, that we've seen over the last few decades, you know, where you see people get up there and they'll say whatever they want to say, they don't care about offending people, and they're often using power oriented, funny stories as mm. part of their comedy routine where there's always a loser, right? And it's a, it's funny talking about the loser and the, what the loser did and what happened to the loser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fascinating. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Mm. It is very interesting. Mm. Um, 
Oh, sorry. I, oh, you were all come, come back again. What you say then, Rich? I just said, yeah. Just, it, get back to my teenage years. I mean, it yeah. very much fits in with that and that that yes. expression of self, getting out of the family and being able to assert that power, as you mentioned. Mm. And uh, it was always at the expense of others. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it's fair to say that people who are operating uh, purely from this third layer in that pre-rational zone have uh, no real tendency to consider other the, the impact of their behaviour on other people and no real capacity to, to really tap into how someone else is feeling. So it, they can behave in, in quite a merciless and cruel way. Uh, and Graves was quite specific about that in, in his research notes. Uh, and so when you look at manifestations of this particular value set in modern society, you could look at things like, for example, uh, the cartels in Mexico mm. yeah. uh, and the, the cruel, merciless behavior that they exhibit where they, they just clearly aren't concerned about the impact of their behavior on other people, right. yeah. Yeah, to the point of killing people, obviously. Uh, and also the other interesting thing about this uh, third layer is as we're emerging now beyond the, the modern era and into this relativistic postmodern era, one of the big themes, of course, is is liberation and freedom and uh, you know human rights and giving everybody the right to speak and do whatever they want and those sorts of things. And it's it's very loose in many cases. And we saw great examples of that looseness back in the '60s when it you know we had that wave come through back yeah. then where people were just doing whatever they wanted to do, free love and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Uh, and what that does is it, it that permissiveness creates an environment where this third egocentric layer can step in and do whatever it wants uh it's you know it's almost an excuse it's a it's a free free uh pass for them to do and say whatever they want mm. and so one of the when we see reports on in the media of uh things like the extinction rebellion protests the rebellion in, the rebellion in hong kong and yep. all those sorts of things yep. one of the ways that we can distinguish between th layer three and layer six behavior is that six is inherently peaceful and if someone's operating uh, as with layer six as their dominant value system, we shouldn't see them harming another human being because you know peaceful behaviour is is paramount there, mm. and so violence being exhibited in these uh, riots and things is most likely coming from layer three, mm. where mm. they see an opportunity to to join in a, what they see as a gang, mm. and then to do whatever they like to express their anger and and rage and and you know to the point of throwing petrol bombs and bricks and stuff, mm. the kind of stuff that has been happening in Hong Kong. Or can it also be an expression where um, layer six, postmodern layer, is trying to be expressed by these people, but they're not getting much success, so they, the frustration builds and they've slipped back in a way into that re reactionary posture that you talk about, the shadow. Yeah, right. The shadow of six, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah it can yeah. be that. It can be a regression. Yeah. Yeah, Which would probably be one of the reasons that six does not last long on the planet, at least as a dominant paradigm. Mm. Yeah, it's it, as a communally honoured paradigm. It's not. It's uh, in its nature to make significant change because it's a conformist paradigm, and so it will very much rejig our values. It'll it'll bring us a new set of human values that puts value on you know all the things that Extinction Rebellion is talking about, yes. looking after the environment, blah blah yes. blah, yes. Uh, stopping our damaging behaviours out of the, the scientific industrial era. Yeah. But then creating the new structures and actually changing the physical world is going to be done by an individually oriented system. So it's really, it's up to the first individual system, the second tier, which is the yellow uh, coded system in Spiral Dynamics to actually create those physical material changes. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Another text just came in. I think it's from Dudley. Thanks, Dudley, for another one of our long-term listeners. Hmm, not so sure. Read the Hong Kong activism. Second tier 
can choose the appropriate use of all levels below, including violent protest. And yes, it may be used by those not at level two. Great show, brothers. Yeah, interesting question. Yeah, um, I I would challenge that. I mean, it's true everybody has free choice and there no doubt may be circumstances where somebody who's capable of second tier living might choose violence, but I believe it would be uh, most likely in a defensive situation. Mm. And if you think about the big picture strategy of what's going on in Hong Kong and the threat of China uh, openly using violence against the citizens of Hong Kong, I think uh, trying to escalate that situation into violence is something that a second tier individual would be very unlikely to do mm. because there's, there's too much to lose. It just doesn't make sense at all. You know, the, the, the best outcome that can happen in that situation is a peaceful resolution. And so... Uh, everything I know about second-tier intelligence tells me that second-tier, uh, if it, you know, it is involved in any way in that particular thing, would be looking for that particular outcome, remembering that second-tier respects all life and wants the best outcomes for all life. Mm. And, and the idea of an enemy to second-tier is just uh, incongruous, huh. really. E- every, you know, every human is a human being and every human deserves to be treated as a human being. So uh, being violent in a in a voluntary way you know against another human just doesn't make sense to second tier intelligence uh, to, to achieve something as he's suggesting possibly here to actually yeah, get an outcome I, I, find I, something you know i can do that yeah i can understand it happening yeah. in a defensive situation wherever it's you yes. know it's your life or the other life yeah. uh, but that would be a you know even even choosing to do that would be a terrible terribly difficult thing for mm. a second tier individual to do mm. interesting um, yeah, I just wanted you brought attention this morning because we mentioned Donald Trump before briefly in, in all this discussion, uh, a piece that's just been published the last couple of days or this morning, in fact, uh, from the Daily Beast. Is Trump, if Trump's rage brings civil war, we mentioned earlier, where will the military stand? That's a really uh, good question. It's a very good question, good isn't question. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what do you reckon? Well, I think one of the... The advantages of the military in that situation is if this is, you know, attempted to be instigated from a pre-rational point, the military is operating from a more complex place up the value spiral there, you know, from from four and five and and beyond in some cases. So, as we've seen through the the Trump administration uh, doing what it's been doing. Often we, we've seen military people step up and say some really sensible things, you know, and hose hose down stupid ideas. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would hope that the military would be a stabilising uh, mm. participant, you know, in, in trying to limit or stop that from happening. I guess he's suggesting, obviously, that if he gets impeached in some way or other, there's a result that's negative for the Trump, that his, uh, his vast number of quite angry and passionate, if you will, supporters may well revolt. I, I think it's quite possible. And a number of um, commentators have flagged the possibility of civil war in the US yeah. over the next 10 years. Mm. You know, mm. and, and I think it's it's quite possible given the divisions within the United States that are on, on you know, racial lines and values lines generally. And that's why you guys are setting up the American refugee camp. That's so right. Here yeah. in Australia. Yeah. We're, uh, we'll be starting a fundraising program soon <laughs> to buy teepees. Well, you, you, you've bought in early, I have, which gives I have. you precedence and gives you a special position there. And thanks, thanks for your uh, your deposit. And uh, <laughs> we're we're very happy to welcome you. You, you may end up being the first commandant of the American yes, refugee yes, camp. Yes, yes. Schultz. Ah, yes. <laughs> 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 <I> <laughs> <know> <laughs> <nothing>. <laughs> Love it. 
Well, I think we'll leave it there. That sounds like an appropriately silly place to leave it on this holiday Monday. Thanks for joining us here on Future Sense. We'll be with you next Monday morning from uh, 9 to 11 and uh, tune in tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 with my breakfast show, The Drop with Jess Curl, Jess Rose Curl. And in fact, we will be talking to the director of the film I mentioned, we mentioned earlier, Green Light, locally produced movie about uh, medicinal cannabis. It was produced somewhere around here. Uh, we'll be talking to the director tomorrow. And uh, yeah, what, what are you... What are you doing there, Mister Shocks? Are you coming up? We'll take you later. We'll take you later. Secret stuff. All right then. Take care. (laughs) Take care. Thank you very much. Bye. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia, at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.